It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. All right, pay attention, Octoon, out there. That's right, a lot of great information coming up as we're talking uh, lung cancer today, prevention, treatment, and uh, Dr. Dory Girard is here, and he's a thoracic surgeon at St. Mary Medical Center. Doc, good to have you aboard here to talk. Some... Yes, thanks for having me. All right. You are you are uh, the man and the myth there, doing a lot of great work at St. Mary's, and you do bounce around between downtown and, and the uh-huh. surgery part of it. How long have you been a surgeon, Doc? Um, including training uh, yeah. for... 19 years. 19. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be a strict career move. You're going to stay with it, huh? <laughs> but uh, when somebody says lung cancer, everybody will whip around and or as certain things we talk about. If somebody says heart failure or lung cancer, you get people's attention right away. Very difficult to deal with. Uh, what does it mean to have uh, uh, lung cancer? Are there different levels of that, doctor? Dr. J? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here and and talk to you today about lung cancer. Um, There's a lot of important information that we try to provide today and give you some leads um, that you can follow up, um, including, you know, calling some of the the numbers that we can provide to you. Um, mm-hmm. there, you know, for any cancer, um, <clears throat> it is very important to, uh, to determine the stage before we start any treatment. That's called staging of any cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's true for <clears throat> breast cancer, colon cancer, and certainly also for lung cancer. So that's why we order a lot of tests if we are suspicious that you might have lung cancer. So many times we do deal with suspicious areas on the lung, and we don't even know what you have quite yet. Yeah. Um, but we assume it could be lung cancer, and we sort of move along and, and work you up yeah. um, and so yes there are different stages there's stage one through four with four unfortunately not being a great outlook overall although we talk a little bit more about it later yeah. um, you know things have really changed a lot in terms sure. of survival treatment options and how patients actually go through their treatments and the, and the medications too that uh, can alleviate a lot of pain you're right you're uh, absolutely whew. right yeah, yeah. And, and to see the grueling uh, you know the, the mental toll that it also takes on patients too you need to you know, also talk to somebody as as well. I mean, you have the support groups too that sort of, you know, get their you take their temperature on their on feelings wise. It's a different ball game now. It's just simply not an assembly line. We're going to just do this and move on. Yeah, you're, no. you're, it's total patient care from you know upstairs yeah. as well, right? Doc? Yeah, you, you're totally right. That's a very important part. Um, <clears throat> And and so we we get the family involved. That's very important. Um, I would actually request if a patient comes alone to come back with the family, Mm -hmm. uh, whoever's available. We do have at St. Mary, we have a nurse navigator, Patricia Feldman, who is outstanding. So she comes to the appointment. She provides uh, support to the patient. She's going to make it easy in this kind of time of very upheaval for the patient and and a different outlook on life to um, uh, make all the appointments, make it uh, uh, smooth, and, 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 and right. take the anxiety. So we do have a lot of support groups. And we actually sometimes, well, not... Great we, team effort out there. Yeah, we 100%. do offer patients to talk to other patients. So if they go through surgery or before surgery, we, we're happy to have you call one of our patients, and that, that really yeah. means a lot to the patients. You know, you, you talk about the navigators and all the information gathering that helps you do your job as well, uh, the nurses, navigators, x-ray technicians, you name it, they mm-hmm. do it. Um, I'll, I'll, sometimes on the on the the workup there, you get all the information. There's always a 
a family history thing, mm-hmm. uh, congenital. Is there somebody predisposed uh, to lung cancer? Uh, in the, is that is that a factor as well? I mean, heredity can that uh, yeah. can that also be a factor? I doc? think that's a great uh, point you're making. Um, <clears throat> we do know um, that family history is very important. Um, there are other risk factors. We'll talk about it in yeah. a second. Um, family history is important, and we take note of it. Unlike breast cancer, where we can really dial it in and yeah. kind of come up with a risk kind of stratification and tell you what your risk is for breast cancer in the next five years pe- based on your family history and, and maybe an mm. abnormal mammogram, we're not quite there yet for lung cancer, but it is important to know. Yeah. And I had fa- uh, patients where three brothers had all lung cancer, and obviously that if there's any nodule, we would be much more aggressive if that patient yeah. wouldn't have had any family history. So Are it there cer- does certain is it markers? Is that what you're talking about? Nodule markers or, or predisposed? Something could trigger something. Maybe could be job-related. I mean, you deal... Absolutely. Maybe you could be on construction and maybe inhaling yeah. some stuff that yeah. maybe is uh, not good for you? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some blood markers that are being worked on. Um, they're not perfect, but that is, um, that's something that we, um, that we look at. Um, the most important um, study right now to look at the lung is obviously an x-ray or a CAT scan. Yeah. Um, and that kind of le- leads our way to who's at risk for lung cancer. And that is, um, you know, to be honest, everyone here is at risk. Anyone who has a lung, we're both at risk here. Yeah. Um, but our risk is extremely low, as we just yeah. talked about before the, the, the we started going on air. Our risk is very low, so there's no reason for us to get an x-ray or CAT scan. However, if you um, are a current smoker or a former smoker quit less than 15 years ago and you're ages 55 to 77 and you smoked a pack a day for 30 years you are considered high risk and you should probably talk to your primary care physician about getting a low dose screening cat scan off the chest to find lung cancer early because if it's found early it's very very curable yeah uh, i'm sure that you've had that uh, that anti-smoking lecture more than a few times and uh that's that's the the heart of it a lot of famous people have gone the lung cancer route at a very young age yeah, and right. uh, uh, like I said, the treatments are a lot better, but you're really fighting the odds if you're dealing with that, right? Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah. And many of our patients quit a long time ago, yeah. and it kind of it's out of their memories that they were former smokers. And you know, we if you have a current smoker, we work with them. We don't yeah. blame them. We you know, yeah. let's, oh, let's sure. just put the past behind us. Let's look forward. Yeah. What are the options? What what, what can be done? Um, what can we help you with? Um, that yeah. is very important. Are there um, any uh, uh, dietary uh, uh, considerations uh, uh, involved? I mean, this you know, everybody wants you know for colon cancer, Mediterranean diets, yeah. uh, more of this. Can that can that also uh, aid if you're you yeah. know if you're fueling if you know a good diet, solid diet? That's got to that's got to help in a rehab process, right? Yeah. So I love that question. Yeah. Um, so, f- specific for lung cancer, we don't have any specific diet that we can recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been looked at in, in diets that are high in antioxidant, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, nutrients. You know that, um, uh, and certainly, I'm always for a healthy yeah. diet, and I think yeah. the Mediterranean diet is yeah. one of the top diets, and it just improves your overall well-being, your cardiovascular health, yeah. and that certainly, if you were to have a lung nodule or if you were to have lung cancer and need to go undergo any treatments, it'll certainly help you. You know, yeah. it's going to be to your benefit. It's nothing specific that would make your lung cancer go away, but it'll help you overall. And exercise will also be a, yeah. would be yeah. a component as well, right? Absolutely. Dr. We yeah. encourage everyone because... 
if you were to have surgery, for example, we take part of your lung away. It's called a lobectomy. Sometimes we do a wedge resection or we uh, remove part of your lung. Um, and um, to, in order to get fit for that surgery, certainly exercising, walking a flight of stairs, and sure you go undergo a full workup before a, yeah. any surgery or a treatment, but that's certainly beneficial. Are there any other, uh, before we go to break here, are there any other uh, I do's to uh, reduce your, your risk? Uh, we've talked about diet, we've talked about exercise, no smoking. Is there any other things you can think of that would put the percentages in your favor for, for yeah. a healthy lifestyle? So we know that radon exposure um, is um, is contributing to lung cancer, uh, and we learned that uh, many decades ago in miners who were smokers plus mm-hmm. had extremely high radon exposure in the mines and they almost everyone got lung cancer. Double jeopardy on that. So you certainly should have your house checked in the basement. And it's Mm -hmm. it's mandatory. It's the law in Pennsylvania. And in certain counties, you have higher rate on emission from the earth. And so you check your basement. There's mitigation. um, And so that's one thing I would recommend. Certainly, asbestos exposure in the past combined with tobacco use is is not favorable and increases your risk for lung cancer. Um, We do believe that environmental pollution is another contributing factor Mm -hmm. for lung health, for Mm -hmm. COPD, asthma, and also probably for lung cancer to some extent. Smog out there in L.A. Mm -hmm. If you were a doctor in L.A., you would be talking about the smog all the time, right? that's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But we're here and uh, on the... St. Mary Healthline today, thoracic surgeon Dr. Dore Girard is with us, and we're coming right back on the St. Mary Healthline. Don't go anywhere. Fresca Limited, the Delaware Valley's men's store, is located in historic Doylestown. For casual clothing and denim to business suits and tuxedos, Ventresca Limited has a large selection you have to see to believe. The experienced and knowledgeable sales staff can show you the many brand labels that have made Ventresca Limited in Doylestown a must for men concerned about their image. Select from Hugo Boss, Hickey Freeman, John Barbados, Alan Edmonds, and much more. Custom alterations are free. Visit Ventresca Limited on the web at ventresca.com. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org/heart. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. And we're on board with Dr. Dory Girard, thoracic surgeon at St. Mary Medical Center on the Healthline here today talking lung cancer prevention awareness. And uh, screening also, doctor, is, uh, you, you mentioned that at the top of the show. The screening part of it, what would you be looking for? Would it be everything have to come back clean? Or is there, like you say, there's a spot. We don't know exactly what there. What would you be looking for? You're screening, what, what could it tell you? So we're looking um, based on very large studies where we really try to improve the uh, the uh, early detection of lung cancer and ultimately the survival, mm. just like what we do f- uh, for breast cancer mm. mammography, we're looking for lung nodules that are greater than six millimeters on a CAT scan, on a screening CAT scan. And that was a large study because 
we, we got very frustrated with the low survival for lung cancer in the past. And again, yeah. part of what we discussed today, it's, it changed dramatically. Mm. And part of it is lung cancer screening. So if you're age 55 to 77, you're a f- former smoker and you smoked a pack a day for 30 years, you're high risk. And then screening is something you should discuss with your primary care physician yeah. or your pulmonologist. Sure. Or, and, and we're looking really for an abnormality on your, on your CAT scan. We have learned that x-rays are not good enough. They're just yeah. not sensitive enough. So a CAT scan yeah. um, is the ideal Yeah, study. and you've been doing this for now 20 years. You must have seen the, the leaps and bounds, the progress that you've made through surgeries, through prevention, through the screenings. Maybe you have more uh, better equipment to... You know, the way things are now, they can get different angles. Uh, you know, hey, one more angle, and and yeah. you know, maybe that will be the key or something. You're always looking for maybe get an edge. You know, the the technology part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that you, uh, that you can yeah, really go. Yeah, you you're so right. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, the quality of CAT scans has improved remarkably. So we can detect much smaller nodules. We can characterize them. We have additional studies that we can order. It's called a PET scan, for example. Yeah. Um, that is sort of a, a part of a staging uh, workup if somebody um, might have a lung cancer or a suspicious lung nodule. So the scans have gotten much better. The radiation exposure that comes with the scan is actually much reduced. So it's very little radiation to the patient mm-hmm. who undergoes a yearly screening CAT scan. Um, <clears throat> and certainly... All the way along, uh, many uh, uh, many uh, many leaps have been uh, made, including surgeries much less taxing on a patient, minimally invasive surgery, robotic surgery. I'm a thoracic surgeon um, and work primarily at Penn Medicine, but in alliance with uh, St. Mary, sure. we have a collaboration and alliance to kind of share resources and provide the best care locally here in Bucks County at St. Mary, and and then also bring some of our expertise from Penn Medicine and work together with the local pulmonologist, the oncologist. Yeah and the, uh, for certainly also the lung cancer screening program at St. Mary. Yeah, Dr. J, you mentioned the, the, uh, one of the really good things maybe lost in the conversation is the less evasive. And so that makes recovery a lot better, right? When you don't have to do, do you feel like you don't have to do as much excavating as you had to do years ago. And the recovery time can be speeded up, right? Or you have a better chance with maybe less evasive surgeries now. Absolutely. That, yeah. So, you know, maybe in the past, maybe 30 years ago, in, you were in the hospital two weeks. You had a big incision, a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, now we actually, in average, our patients stay two or three days in average they in want the you hospital. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And we make small incisions. We use a camera instead of putting our hands in. Uh, we can do the same cancer operation. At the end of the day, it's always important you do a good cancer operation. Yeah. To be honest, if you have to make a big incision to accomplish that, that's okay. We have, um, but that's usually it can be done through small incisions robotically. Video assisted thoracic surgery, it's called VAT surgery mm-hmm. and we also have much better management for pain control you know we uh, we use um, <clears throat> an intercostal nerve block we use some other medication we use very little opioids as, as a matter of fact and when we look at our pain scores our patients are much more comfortable compared to even yeah. a couple of years ago so everything's all around yeah. has improved and especially the opioid thing too i, I mean yeah. i had replacement hip surgery and mm-hmm. had to deal with that and i you know, I, 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 some days I could sign up for the pain and forget the opioids. And other yeah. days I wanted the opioids and I didn't want the pain. Yeah. But, yeah, you're dealing with some uh, some real tricky issues mm-hmm. there. I mean, you're trying to fix one problem, but you don't want to create another one, right? You're I so mean, right. That's yeah. uh, do no harm. 
Yeah. I'm sure you have to you know, deal with that, uh, wrestle with that as well, right? Yeah, but I think we've gotten a better handle on this right now with, yeah. with everything we're doing with, in conjunction with the anesthesiologist. Yeah. Are there more treatment options before, no, more now, doctor, than there are before? I mean, everybody has to be different. Could men, uh, men and women be different uh, treatments uh, based on anatomy? There's or, or probably not so much a gender difference. Yeah. Um, the only difference we do, do notice is that more women than men now get lung cancer, and I think it's part of that... As yeah. we learned in the 60s, and the uh, Surgeon General's uh, kind of in yeah. public that smoking is bad and it causes lung cancer, actually men started to, we targeted men to quit smoking, yeah. but, you know, more women were lured into st- uh, picking it up, and yeah. so now we see sort of the sequelae, and yeah. so, but there's no specific gender-specific treatment, um, <clears throat> and, you know, as you mentioned before, surgery is part of it, and then there is chemotherapy sometimes, right. and then there is yeah. radiation treatment. Um, a lot of progress has been made in all of those venues and, and treatment options for the patient. Oh, and you talk about uh, the, the radiation is can't be nearly as bad as it used to be. I remember... My dad going through stuff, and it was just, it just. I don't know if the treatment was worse or the disease was worse. It was. He was also run down and mm-hmm. bile coming up and everything. It just. It was really rough. And mm-hmm. Cobalt back in the day. I mean, it was. Yeah. Man, it was something that uh, man you would dread. Now I think it's more ex- accepted. I think it, it. Like you said, it's not. Uh, it, it's not so uh, heavy-handed. Maybe uh, you can sort of recover a, a, a lot quicker. Yeah. And maybe so, get more more work done over a short period of time. You're right. Um, so we work very closely with the radiation oncologist at mm. St. Mary and the medical oncologist. And some of the radiation, it's called SBRT, um, yeah. um, ablative therapy, can actually be given instead of over six weeks, can be given very targeted with very little side effects over right. a couple of days only. Yeah. So three to five days instead of the traditional six weeks that you were just referring right. to what your dad might have undergone. So yeah, sure. that has certainly uh, changed a lot. Chemotherapy has changed a lot and then the, probably the biggest uh, change is also some of the newer treatments which includes immunotherapy that means activating your immune, uh, uh, own immune system to, t- to fight cancer cells and that has really led to a huge difference yeah the, 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 uh, the immune issues too uh, uh, dealing with that uh, at times myself they would say the omegas was good the fish oils were good yeah. build up the immune system and yeah. and and things like that can also add as like like a firewall for your uh-huh. for your immune system is some of the fish oils and omegas yeah are you on board with any uh, any of those uh, kind of well i think that would Go back to the yeah. healthy Mediterranean diet yeah. that you like and that I like and <laughs> recommend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it probably has plenty of those if you eat fish. Yeah, yeah. it's not <laughs> a be-all, so end-all, but it, <laughs> anything, any little edge you can yeah, get. No, your own immune system plays a, a big role because we haven't figured out why some patients, the tr- cancer leaves the original yeah. site and travels somewhere else. That's called yeah. metastasis. Wow. And in others, it, it doesn't. You know, yeah. And if it doesn't, your early stage, if it does, you, you advance stage so mm-hmm. we, we're still trying to figure out why some people pr- er, present early with advanced stage versus yeah. some patients yeah. not doctor before we go to break I want to ask you about you talk about screening do you have any input on how it's done I mean you've been there 20 you've been doing this for 20 years yeah this is how I'd like to see the program run do you have any input on how the program is is, is managed or handled do you have any input on that so 
lung cancer screening is fairly new. It was really based on a study that was published in 2011 in New England Journal of Medicine that showed for the first time one of the most expensive studies, $250 million, 25,000 patients followed for many years, 25,000 got an X-ray, 25,000 got a CAT scan, and it showed a marked reduction in lung cancer um, mortality, the, the rate that people people would die from lung cancer because you found them early if you yes. get a CAT scan. So if you're at high risk, again, age 55 to 77, former smoker, current smoker, 30 pack years, you should get a low-dose CAT scan. You should talk to your primary care physician. We do have a lung cancer screening program at St. Mary, and we sort of coordinate your your, your, your kind of journey through the lung cancer screening. Mm. Um, and and, and do, I do impart on the patient that they might want to really take a proactive role and bring it up to their primary care physician and say, well, hey, I, I, I was a former smoker or I'm at yeah. risk. Do I qualify? Should I get it done? And, and we'll get the ball rolling. Sure. Uh, it could be in any form of uh, medicine, too. They, you get past 50 colonoscopies. That's and right. then why people avoid them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any more, the, most, the, uh, the more information you can get, the more peace of mind you'll have and going forward. I mean, that's just the name of the game. We're with Dr. Dorid Girard, thoracic surgeon, St. Mary Medical Center, talking lung cancer and coming right back on the St. Mary Healthline. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary orthopedic team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness so you can go home faster and happier that's our mission call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org/ortho in the Army National Guard, family means everything our parents they were really supportive that all five of us would join I got my education because of the guard I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture It helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Pennsylvania Army National Guard. Aired by the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters and this station. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. A lot of great information going on out there. And for more of it, you visit the website at www.stmary.com healthcare.org uh, front slash. That's how you get the job done. And in the arena with Dr. Dory Girard, thoracic surgeon, talking prevention and uh, screening and all the team members there that are involved with the Cancer Center. Doctor, you have a team uh, a team of, of uh, uh, Army out there, right, uh, working with you and uh, trying to get all the information because it's very critical, time and everything else. I'm one of the great things, you could send somebody for an x-ray and then they can, you can read it online and then move forward in, in, in good time and, and with good, accurate information, right? So, yeah. you know, as much as we surgeons like to take credit for everything, it's really a team <laughs> effort. You believe bet. Me. We, have a, we have a great team at St. Mary. Um, I do my surgeries down in the city at Penn Presbyterian, and we have a great team of nurses. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a lot of staff that we uh, have to give credit for the success of the patient surgery, including right. nurse practitioner, physician assistant, um, um, and uh, the OR nurses, all outstanding, really trained to get the patient on their feet after the surgery, get them moving. Our patients actually 
walk within 60 to 90 minutes after the surgery in recovery. Oh. And we've really learned that it cuts back on pneumonias, blood clots, and is really beneficial. So our patients, there's very little downtime after surgery. Uh, when we're around in the morning at 6, they're already up in the chair and maybe have yeah. talk, taken their first walk already. So very little downtime, lots of walking, lots of deep breathing and coughing to re- expedite yeah. their recovery. I'm walking here. I'm <laughs> walking here. Yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of times we had a, we had a, a health line one time about research and development and what was going on and some of the trials that were going on. Do you get involved with, you know, with, uh, with, with uh, some of that uh, R&D stuff, uh, research and development about uh, lung cancer? Maybe we'll have a trial on this. Maybe this medication will do that. Uh, do you have, I mean, everybody's involved with numbers and statistics and outcomes and this group was this. And I mean, that's that's the nature of the game, right? Doctor is, is numbers and stats. So and, one of our yeah. newest um, kind of contributions is from my partner, Dr. Singal at Penn Medicine. Mm. He's an associate professor of surgery and also our director of the research lab. And what we do, actually, it's called precision surgery and it's intraoperative imaging. Um, it's called tumor glow. So the patient will get an injection before the surgery the day before, and we can actually visualize con- uh, cancer cells during the surgery. We can look at the tumor. It glows in the OR. It's, um, you can go online, look at some of the pictures. Uh, uh, if you type in tumor glow, you, and we can actually look for additional um, areas of tumor, uh, at the lymph nodes, other nodules that even a very high-resolution CAT scan wouldn't show you or a PET scan wouldn't show you, things that are too small for us to feel in our hands, they would light up with that uh, technology. It's all part oh, of um, yeah. precision surgery. So that's our surgical contribution to kind of improve cancer care and, and, and really the accuracy of surgery because um, uh, we know once you're in the operating room, that's your best chance ever to get you cured from your cancer. Sure you know, sure. Once we made the decision that surgery is right for you, getting, getting it all, not leaving anything behind, not taking too much, not taking too little, that's where tumor glow is really very helpful. Yeah. I do like... Uh, Having gone undergone some surgeries, I'll always like the big picture thing where here here's where you are, here's where you're going, here's where you should be, and the rehab, and you sort of get that overview mm-hmm. of how it's going to go, not just, oh, my God, I worry about this. Hey, when it's all over, you've got more work to do, and then there's other work to do. And that that oh, I always liked. And when you talk about technology, and I had a, a stomach bleed, and they gave me a pill cam. Mm-hmm. to walk around and then turned it in and I felt like the bionic man I was you know being photographed and you, that's that must be similar right to what you're talking about the glow thing it's almost like a pill cam kind of thing monitoring and maybe discovering something that you couldn't see on on a on a, on, a, on a screening test, right? Yeah. So even if you would get a CAT scan a yeah. couple of days before surgery, and we accept CAT scans that are a couple of weeks old, and that's yeah. very appropriate across the country. When we go to the operating room and we use that technology, tumor glow, Up that's a minute. live picture. Uh-huh. I mean, it can get, get it, it's totally live. We see, uh, you know, we see your... Real time. Uh, real yep. time, everything. Yeah. And that's, that's very uh, groundbreaking and a big difference to traditional surgery and, and really very helpful. Right. And... And you've been a surgeon for quite some time. You the, the least amount of guesswork is absolutely. Is, uh, you want to be darn sure about everything too, and you can paint that picture too. The recovery and how it's going to go, and also from uh, other patients that have gone through it. You mm-hmm. really, I mean, 
I, I guess there are similar cases, but no two are alike, right, Doc? You're yeah. right. So yeah. we, we have an extensive discussion with the patient before surgery or any treatment for that matter, you know, what yeah. to expect. What is short-term, long-term? We're talking about survivorship after you treat it, after you're cancer-free. What does it mean for you, your family? Um, what support groups can we, can you have? Um, and so it's a, it's a journey. It's a long journey. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, I mean, we're all in it, and there's a lot of support, you know, right. there's, and there's different uh, people that you need at different times. You need, you need the, the surgeon at yep. the beginning, maybe later, and then you need uh, maybe the oncologist, maybe not, maybe just need your family, maybe you need some other people have gone through this uh, and, and uh, can support you, give you advice. And if you go to national meetings, and we had a national meeting recently in New York, and um, we actually had patients come up to the stage um, and and talk about how important it was for them to talk to other patients and what it meant for them. Because even though we're physicians, we do it every day, we, we haven't been a patient ourselves for the most part True. And, and in that specific scenario. So a, a patient talking to another patient is invaluable. Yeah, and uh, for those who are involved with it, and you're a patient and you hear about half of what's going on and that you pick and choose and it'll go right by it because you're either in denial or grief or you're scared or whatever somehow the the message isn't getting through so the more interaction you have the better picture you can show and it also helps in in your practice doctor i mean you deal with other doctors and primaries and they've got their input and they get to you and right you have to try to get all that information and put some kind of plan together right so we meet with the patient at least once. Mm -hmm. We're very open to communication. The patient can use the patient portal, get in touch with us, call us, email us. And we have, um, again, advanced practice providers who've been doing this, all of them, at least 10 years individually and combined experience of many decades. And they're sure very thing. good. And they're always available to talk to the patient and, and sort of um, a lot of the social aspects, uh, work-related aspects, family aspects, uh, rehab. Um, and, and so there's a there's a big a lot of support that we can provide and and, yeah. and also continuity. Doctor, as we wrap up here, uh, I think the the message you'd like to get out there is a lot of there's a lot of good things happening. There's a lot of good results happening, at no matter what stage they're in. There's a lot of uh, good things going on. There's a lot of preventative things that are going on. The statistics are way better than they were before, right? Yeah. So. In the 1970s, and that's just when the CAT scan was invented. So imagine before you could just had an X-ray, nothing yeah. else. Um, and who know, knows? The, yeah, the five-year survival for lung cancer was 12 percent. Twelve. That's 12 percent. And then even until wow. a couple of years ago, it was not more than 17 percent. Despite a PET scan, all the fancy stuff we have, minimal invasive surgery, that. robotic surgery, uh, bronchoscopy, endobronchial biopsies, what you name it. Um, but I think just recently it jumped all of a sudden to 26%, uh, and uh, we foresee that it'll go up a, a whole lot more in the next couple of years. And it's yeah. really everything. It's a little bit of, of screening, finding it early, because we yeah. do believe if right. you find lung cancer early, your cure rate should be 90% and greater. But yeah. it's also the immunotherapy, um, us just working together as a team, that makes a big difference. So we have made a lot of strides the last couple of years, and it changes quickly. The landscape is changing quickly, and... Um, um, as a patient, or if you have the diagnosis, or if you you know come to us, let us help you. Mm -hmm. uh, the odds have changed dramatically. Yeah, know? and, and you're um, dealing with a lot of lot of hurt and a lot of lot of tragedy, a lot of hurt. But yeah. uh, things are a little better now than Absolutely. they were. And uh, 
who knows what's around the corner. But Absolutely. Uh, it changes every couple of months. It's very fascinating. It is, and uh, we certainly uh, uh, enjoyed the visit, the knowledge, and uh, all the information that it was imparted. And to those who might have suffered or are suffering, you know, there is some hope. There is a lot of uh, treatment you can get and, and a, a, a lot of... Uh, Surgeries which are non-invasive, which you can put mm-hmm. you back on track and, and mm-hmm. lifestyle and everything else and resume mm-hmm. what you were doing, right? That's correct. Doctor, thank you so much for uh, sharing this. T- well, and you, we're going to do it again, I hope. All right? Awesome. Absolutely. All right. And the health line, St. Mary Health Line, Dr. Dorid Girard, thoracic surgeon at St. Mary Medical Center. Topic, lung cancer, a lot of great information. Wednesdays at 9 on the St. Mary Health Line here on WBCB. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So, the St. Mary Orthopedic Team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people. With brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho.